Mark Kingston all by himself, but it's Adam Plourd all over the rear bumper of Jacob Smith. Last lap for Mark Kingston. Watch that battle for second. Adam Plourd knows his way. He's just got to choose down low or up high. Oh, Plourd loose, high, wide, and handsome to get to the inside. Kingston, your winner. Smith hangs on for second. Adam Plourd, third. The Vi Construction, Poztech, McMillan's Auto Service, Newcastle Ready Mix entry from Derby Junction, Mark Kingston. Welcome into Tim's Corner Live, episode number 20. Mark Kingston picks up another Bomber win. That was, it seems like, 10 years ago, but it was only a month ago. Getting to see some more racing this week in Miramichi, as well as Petty International Raceway. Excited to see the broadcast on Tim's Corner TV. I might be biased, Denver, but we got a figure eight trailer race this weekend, too. Are you excited for that? Tim, I'm pumped. This has been, uh, what, seven months in preparation. Lots of interest in this one. This is by far the most interest we've had in an event at Speedway Miramichi. There's going to be a lot of new faces. Actually, just before I came on the air, um, I was looking through our ticket sales so far, and tickets are being gobbled up fast. So if you're in the province of New Brunswick, or actually if you're in any province in Atlantic Canada and want to attend as long as you isolate or whatever the crazy rules are, uh, get those tickets purchased. And uh, if not, you can always watch on TCM TV. But Tim, we talk about being biased. Uh, I, I sense you have a bit of a bias towards Mark Kingston for some reason. The last two races, point races, he ended up going to victory lane. He's he's the guy to beat up there. We'll chat with him a little bit later on this evening. Zine Dutcher is also going to come on and chat with us. The Atlantic Modified Tour regular going into the Sutherland's Excavating Limited 35, round number two on the Atlantic Modified Tour coming up this weekend. Uh, and we'll chat with Kent Vincent in just a moment. But Dylan, four days short uh, of you being able to come up and, and run – whatever you can in a trailer race. So uh, I guess we're going to have to prepare for the, the next one. I, I know, I know in the back of my mind, I've kind of got August 7th penciled in given that, you know, nothing gets rescheduled and I'm sure there's going to be some fluid action when it comes to those events being rescheduled, but uh, yeah, we missed it by four days. I know, but you, Hey, I'd, I'd rather miss it by four days with the news we got than not being able to go at all. So if I, if you're going to New Brunswick this weekend from Nova Scotia or any of the other Atlantic provinces, or I guess, I guess technically anywhere in Canada, as long as you have one vaccine, good for you. And I'm sure you're going to have a blast. I'm jealous that I won't be there in person to see that trailer race, even just to watch it. But I'll be watching on Tim's corner TV, uh, at home here in Halifax. But, uh, you know what? It has been two glorious days with positive COVID news and not much about positive cases for change. Absolutely. New Brunswick's down to 58, so they're they're doing well. We're under 100. It's It's been a great week or so uh, for all that, and plus with the Atlantic bubble, quote-unquote, coming back as well. We are live and interactive here this evening, so drop us a comment. Jordan Vino was already watching. There's a guy that wants to get to the province of New Brunswick. He wants to know what's underneath your can koozie. Is it a Coors Light can koozie? No, it's uh, it is Saltbox Brewing Blue Nose 100 Beer. Saltbox Brewing showed up at my radio station today and dropped off beer. Oh, so th that's a shameless plug, right? Located in Mahone Bay, Lindenburg, and Bridgewater. Free, free, free beer? Maybe. Maybe. We'll work on it. We'll work Maybe. On it. 
Uh, this is going to be a fun show. Uh, drop us a comment. We are live on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour page, I believe on the Atlantic Modified Tour page, uh, as well as Speedway Miramichi, because I know we got a bunch of fans from Miramichi watching for uh, the boys a little bit later on, and as well, of course, Tim's Corner Motorsports. So keep Dylan Langell busy here this evening. It's going to be a fun show. Excited to tell some stories and uh, get ready for this season. And even next week, we get to talk to some more winners and get all that out of the way. But first, uh, let's bring on our first guest. And you want to talk about a guy who knows a thing or two about winning when it comes to racing in Atlantic Canada. He is the driver of the number eight on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour. We are going to welcome in Kent Vincent here this evening. And Kent, welcome in. How's the winter been? Winter's been good, Tim. I love, I love uh, Dylan's there with five fix link here. I stop in, stop in to Cologne Open, grab yourself some fix link and stop now. Tim, we had the wine, we had the wine stuff with Chris Hughes. And now we got the beer stuff here with Cat. Absolutely, you, come on over. You know what? I've got a list now. I think uh, of products that I have to try when I get over to the island now, right? Yeah, well, all kinds. There's all kinds here to try. Just hope to see you soon. I hope so, too. With everything reopening, I know Oyster Bed is planning a local show for July 3rd, so that's always positive news, but how has the winter been? Is the eight car all ready to go? Eight car is ready to go. We were down in Oyster Bed actually on Sunday for a little bit of test and tune, and I could still fit in seat in my driver's suit, so we was just working the car to make it faster. I was chatting with Chris Hughes last week, and he said he was out a couple of weeks ago, and his, his synopsis was, we think the car is good but we don't know how much speed the track has in it because the track sat for a little while. What was your, your take on the racetrack and uh, what's after it sat for a year? Uh, the track is the track. Initially it is in real good shape. It's a smooth surface. It's real good. That being said, it's been kind of green. Uh, we're, we're hoping it's a little bit slower than what normally is there. So I'm on the, on the same side of the fence as Chris is as far as that goes. So anyway, hopefully uh, July, Third, the boys will be able to put some rubber down on it and we'll get back to normal there soon. So if the pro stock regular house class does decide to go racing July 3rd, are you going to be able to, to step in or are you going to wait for the, the Maritime Pro Stock Tour to fire I up? I will see what the schedule is, Tim. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. The The quality of cars that are, would be there for that first race would be phenomenal. I mean, the local guys here, uh, they got great equipment, great gear, and the local pro stock hoes here too would It'd be a hell of a night of race, I tell you that. And I know with New Brunswick kicking off, they've got some some laps under their belt. They got another pro stock race coming up at Petty. Uh, obviously, with Oyster Bed kicking off, Nova Scotia is kind of still sitting dormant here. So I, I guess you guys might have the leg up on the Nova Scotia guys, right? Perhaps, hopefully. They've always had the two legs up on us for years, so maybe we can get a kick back out of there now. We are live and interactive here this evening with Kent Vincent. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment, and uh, we'll get it on the air here this evening. So, Kent, for those that that don't know, I guess we'll go backwards a little bit. How did you get your start in racing? It's in the blood. Dad raced back in Freetown back before I was even born. Uh, Freetown and, and uh, Charlottetown Speedway, places like that. Uh, the, it kind of racing went dormant here for a few years after Freetown's uh, shut down. And then Oysterbed opened up as a dirt track, I believe in 84 or 85. Uh, it wasn't hard to get the bug then because I was rating prime driving age then. I didn't, uh, had, you know what I mean, didn't never, never race anywhere before whatever. So in 2000, I had started. He'd actually hand me down one of his race cars, a 1973 Dodge Charger with uh, leaf springs and torsion bars. And 
I didn't know whether to turn left and go to Oyster or turn right and go to Daytona. We were, we were ready to go. And you're the only driver that has made every single race on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour since 2001. How much of a change has there been from that first year in 2001 as the Pro Stock Tour to where we are now in 2021? The drivers got a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's been changes. Like we, when we first, it was kind of the kind of the next step in stone for us uh, in what we wanted to do, but. Uh, you know, the, the kids coming in now and it's, it's great to see the bandoleros and legend cars like that. I mean, these butchers and blank horns and these guys got way more laps on under my, under their belt than I'll probably ever see. Right. But it's, it's good to see them, uh, good to see them series to, uh, to feed the pro stock tour or whatever tour you want to go in or whatever division you want to go in. But it, it's good to see that way. It's great. And starting out in 2001, obviously the, the faces have changed. Some of the drivers have changed. Uh, the facilities have changed. There's been upgrades to, to several facilities. Uh, what's the, the, besides the drivers, what's the one biggest change that, that you've seen maybe in the motorsports industry from, from when you started to where we are now? Just probably the amount, I hate to say this, but the amount of money being spent and the amount of resources that it takes to run up front with the setups that we have now with the bump stops and the different packages, you've got to get to the racetrack. You got to be able to practice and stuff before, you know, you had, you, you run sprung cars, you can go down on a Tuesday night and kind of get stuff sorted out. But now with the way things are now, you need, you need so many resources to be able to run, to run in the top five. And you guys, the last couple of years, I, I know have gone through a couple of cars, 2019, I, I wasn't kind to you guys. Uh, Talk about the, the changing and having to, to try to, to go through that and having to try to uh, blend in and, and uh, try to try to make do with, with what you have. Well, to start with, Tim, I'm very fortunate to have the sponsors and the guys that helped me. Don Garnier and Trevor and I, we teamed up a few years back and we decided we need a new car. So we went to Gary Crooks. At that time, it was Crooks Racing out Port City. Uh, we we uh, got a car from them guys got their support and whatnot. But anyway, we had just, it was a terrible year. We couldn't do anything right. Not nothing to do with the car, just in the wrong spot, the wrong time, the whole deal. So we ended up scrapping the car. Uh, the net, the second year we had that, uh, Donnie stepped up. We, we ended up buying another car, a local car here from uh, PEI. Scrambled to get that guy back together for the first race of the IWK race. Actually uh, ran decent enough, but we were just, we were just plagued. We tried to build a car in too short a time. And then this last two winters ago, we took my old car we had, got a Port City clip and went to Mike McKenzie and put a Port, he put a Port City clip on it for us. And we've been slowly making gains on it. Last year, we didn't have a whole wheel, like to say, with the five races, we were limited to what we could learn on it. But I think, I think we're going in the right direction right now with, what, with the gear that we have. I want to ask you about Donnie because Donnie's been racing legend car for years he's he's been around the sport uh we kind of joked a couple of years ago when we were in sydney that he was trying to get you into a legend car at one point for a race at the end of the season and uh just try to to kick back and have some fun has donnie twisted your arm uh more to, to get you into one of those races yet uh he's he was after me i actually had donnie's car at my wife and i came we were doing the cab the trail and we just so happened to stop in at the racetrack on the way back through a little bit. And he was there practicing. So I took it out for a little rip there. Uh, fun little racetrack, rough on the legend car. 
especially when you're not used to legend car. But uh, yeah, he he's been he's been after me. But I think Donnie uh, he has a car for sale there now. I think he's just he's it's time for him to. He said he he's having enough. That being said, my other partner Trevor, he bought a legend car over the winter. It's all uh, it's all ready to go. We'll see how he makes it with that. He's going to try to do some stuff in Ontario and maybe get it down here whenever the bubble breaks and do some local stuff here too. Now I've seen Trevor do some eye racing. You might have to give him a couple of pointers on the driving thing. <laughs> we'll see what I can do for sure. <laughs> we are live and interactive here this evening. Drop us a question. Drop us a comment for Kent Vincent. Uh, I see Dylan that Robbie is over in the comments. Well, well, firstly, Tim, what was with that burn? My gosh, which one? Call the one you just did. Oh, with I, with, Trevor. I, how well you did all our iRacing shows. How many shows did he make at Oxford this year? Hey, you know what? It's like Timbits. The first goal is having fun. That was a great way to avoid it. Okay, continue on. <laughs> uh, uh, Kent, it, it's good to chat with you again. We interviewed uh, you with Riverside back in 2019 when the world was normal, and and can't wait to see you back here in 2021. Uh, and hopefully at OBS real soon. And the boss man there, Robbie McLean, wrote, Kent, do you want to trade a Dodge motor for your Chev? Uh, that's a loaded question right there, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, I'll keep my own Robbie for now. I, I, got a, <laughs> I got a question for you, and Tim brought it up earlier on the show. What are the big differences between the Pro Stock Tour and the Pro Stock Division at OBS. What changes have to go into that number eight if you want to race in early July? Not a thing. Tighten the belts down and go. These local boys are good. They're, uh, they got it figured out here. So all the rules are the same. Um, it's not, it's everybody's backyard when you're racing against these guys. So it'll be a lot of fun. Did you do a lot of island Pro Stock racing uh, prior to COVID showing up here? Uh, we didn't race here last year at all. Uh, what we did race back before I went to the pro stock tour with them, there was a modified division there. Um, that's where I, that's where I started in 1990 and finished off in 99 and then moved on to the mascot tour then, and then the pro stock tour. The other boss man, Trevor Lamb is watching. He just wrote, I'm on the 401 eastbound now with a legend car behind me for Kent. Yeah, great. <laughs> he, you notice he said for Kent, not for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that's that's his deal. He's gonna he's gonna wheel that guy. We're just gonna, uh, for what you're saying, Tim. Maybe lots of duct tape and pop ribbons for the first little bit, but we'll we'll keep him on track. It's it's gonna be a good time either way, right? Trevor will have fun. Yeah, we'll have some fun. We'll get him down here, get some laps on the local track down here, and get the thing figured out a little bit for him. Hopefully, like I say, hopefully something opens up and we can get going. And I think that's the great thing about that U.S. Legend Car Division. You kind of hit the nail on the head with the, the Oyster Bed Pro Stocks compared to, to what we run on the tour. You can take that car and, and go race. Same deal with the U.S. Legend Cars. He can take it to any racetrack that he wants to, whether it is in Ontario or here, and go race. We had Danny Harvey on last week, and he kind of said the, the same thing, where it's you go anywhere, don't have to make those changes, minor changes for whatever racetrack you're at. Uh, and go at it. I want to talk about fun. Let's talk about the IWK 250 because you get a couple of those trophies sitting there. Uh, what is it? It's hard to win that race once, any 250 once, let alone twice. Let's let's go back and, and reminisce about those IWK 250s. What do you remember about them the most? What I uh, it's great. 
what I do remember most for, don't get me wrong here. What I do remember most is uh, in 2009, Wayne Smith and I racing for the win. I messed up and I didn't win it. And he won. Yeah, that stuff never goes away. Uh, you kind of gave that one away, but this, like this, the, in 2010, didn't have the fastest car all day. Kept her nose clean, stayed out of trouble, and we're in the right spot at the right time when it when it came down to it. So, it, yeah, it was great. And I think that last one, that that 2015 one, if I remember correctly, I think it was the one where DJ Casey and, and Robbie and, and all those guys were up there, and it kind of had the the twist and turns at the end. And uh, you guys ended up up front and, and battling it out for the win. Uh, those young guys wanted it because it, DJ Casey's obviously moved on and, and done some different things. Robbie's come into his own as a driver and, and won a tour race now. But at that time they were hungry looking for that first win and the biggest show that, that we run. So how, what do you remember about that race trying to hold off those young guns? I just, I remember DJ racing me clean. I mean, we, he could have probably dumped me a few laps prior to the checkered flag and he didn't. We raced, raced clean and we ended up winning. I certainly appreciate that for sure. So looking forward, obviously getting back to an IWK 250 would, would be one to, to check off the bucket list. Is there is there anything else you you kind of want to get off that bucket list here uh, here before long? I'd like to win the Cat 250 or the Toromont 250. That'd be great. And, and never won a points championship yet. So you know, that stuff, I never reached the finish line here yet. So there's, there's still stuff in the bucket list yet for me, I hope. The, the Riverglade International is, is a big show, and I know you checked that off your list a few years ago. Uh, what is it about Petty International Raceway that that eight car always seems to be up front? It's fun. It's a fun track. It's rough. It got different characteristics to it. it falls off coming at a four. There's a bump going into one. It, it, it's a fun little place. Wayne and Ellen, the whole crew there, did a great job resurrecting the place, and, and uh, they're, doing, they're doing great work with it. So obviously we don't know what a schedule is going to look like this year. Uh, July 10th with, with New Brunswick opening up almost looks looks pretty safe at this point, but who really knows what's going to go on. What are you most excited for on the schedule this year? Obviously getting back to normal is, is one check mark, but what are you looking forward to on the schedule this year? What are you looking forward to hit? I'd like to get back to Petty, get back to Antigonish for sure. Uh, two great places to go to and, and seeing the people, seeing guys that you race against that we haven't seen in a year or over, you know, nearly two years, whatnot, get back with the normality of it and get back with camaraderie with, with, uh, with all the guys we race against and, and fans. I want to ask you, you did some traveling as well. You did Jucasa a couple of years ago. How cool was that experience to go up there and, and check that one off the bucket list? That was, that was neat. That's a beautiful spot. Uh, if you're ever up around that area, it's good to go. It's, it's like our, it's our Riverside kind of, kind of deal. Um, beautiful facility, fast racetrack. Um, we had a lot of fun there. We didn't, we cut a tire down earlier on in the race and we ended up getting in the wall. Didn't do that well, but it, it was a lot of fun. It's a beautiful spot as well. Now, if I remember correctly, I remember seeing pictures on, on Facebook that the boys posted of you and, uh, uh, another another fellow from from Noel Road, Harry Ross White, drinking some beer. He was your spotter that weekend or something, was he? <laughs> he come up, yeah. He was he wasn't a spotter. He was a backup. Uh, he was entertained. Uh, Haas is a great, great guy. We just uh, he wasn't feeling so well at the time when things were going on, and we were looking for a, we had a couple of vacant seats, so we said, why don't we give Haas a call, come up, and we'll have a few beers and some laughs, and learn a little bit about racing and tell some lies and whatnot. We we had a good time, yeah. 
I, I'm sure if there's anybody that wants to test the sponsor's product that you have, I'm pretty sure Harry Ross White will do it for you. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be a very great one for that for sure, yeah. <laughs> we are live and interactive here this evening. Dylan, I see show, social starting to, to, to come alive there. Jordan Vino's there. What's he got? Uh, well, he wrote he cannot wait to hopefully be able to race against a legend like Kent Vincent. Jordan's going to be a rookie here on the Pro Stock Tour. Certainly not a rookie behind the steering wheel. Any tips to the trade for a Sportman champion going up to Pro Stock, Kent? I don't know. I've seen him race. they got great gear, and he's a great driver. Uh, I'm going to keep all my secrets to myself. <laughs> not even, like, just basic advice? Like, I don't oversteer a kid or something, eh? Uh, stay away from the A-car of the first few laps until he gets warmed up. Follow the A-car to the front, right? Yeah, follow the A-car to the front, yeah. <laughs> Denver, Can you... Go ahead, go ahead, Denver. He hasn't talked all night. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been quiet over here. What do you got, Denver? By the oh, way, yeah. nice shirt. By the way, I, I I don't even have mine on tonight. Well, we finally got it delivered. It was a little bit slow in the process, but uh, was able to stop by and pick it up this week. But Kent, uh, thanks for coming on tonight, and looking forward to seeing some racing hopefully soon. But uh, I want to ask you first about some uh, big awards you got, starting with uh, I believe the last two uh, I guess full seasons on the Pro Stock Tour. Um, in, in 2018 and 2019, you picked up the uh, Fan Favorite Award. How cool was it to uh, get that one? Uh, that's pretty neat. That's a great award. Um, I mean, that is kind of why you do it for the sponsors and whatnot. And a lot of great people support us, and I just appreciate all the, all the support I've gotten. While I'm on that topic, I'd like to thank the crew. I mean, we never risked, we never missed a race since 2000, basically, since we started this one. I started in with the Pro Stock Tour. Uh, a lot of support from my wife, Kim, my kids, mom, dad and all the crew, you guys know we can't get there without a crew. So kudos to them guys and the sponsors, everybody. The other big award, and you're also a, a multi-time winner of this one, is the most sportsman-like driver award. And I don't know what it is. You got like close to double digits, isn't it? Uh, what does it mean to be uh, considered to be one of the most sportsman-like? And you certainly deserve it, I might add. Uh, no, it means a lot. Uh, you, you got respect from your fellow competitors. I mean, uh, look, it, no, it's a great deal to get. Like it's, uh, it means, it means a lot to me to have their respect and whatnot. And no, it's, I certainly appreciate it. It's a great deal to get. Before I throw it back to Tim, I want to fire one more question at you, yeah. Kent, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. but I want to ask, you know, you've been, you know, on the tour for many years now, you haven't missed a race. Is there any one year in particular that stands out in your mind for any reason, whether that's something that happened on the tour or whether your success or, or anything, is there any one year on the tour that, that stands out in your mind and why? Not particularly one year. I mean, 2018 or 2019 when we did do so well, that sticks out just because it was misery. We just, one of those years we couldn't do anything right coming home every week with something tore off the race car and just work, work, work. Come September, you're ready to, you were done kind of thing. But uh, as far as, you know, you, you win a race and it's like that carrot that dangles in front of your face for the rest of the year, or you finish second or the top three, right? You gotta, I'm going back next week. It just, it drives you. So that's, that, that's what you look forward to, I guess. in the years. Yeah. We've got a new season coming up and we've got a new sponsor as well. How cool was it to work with East Coast International on their announcement to uh, be a part of this Pro Stock Tour? 
Yeah, that was pretty neat. I don't know why they, they built the whole studio for Derek Butcher or Cole Butcher, but I ended up doing mine in the parking lot. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> it was blowing and cold. He had a whole freaking studio all decked out in black and the whole deal. Like, what the hell was that? I don't did get they, it. Did they give you a teleprompter? Because it looked like they gave Cole one. Honestly, God, I had like a line and a half. And these four guys are ready to give up on me. They were ready to go to Tim Hortons, have a coffee, and go back and talk. But believe me, I couldn't remember them lines to say it in one full sentence or not. But anyway, yeah, we had some fun. They were they were good about it. He said, I'll edit it, I'll edit it. I said, Okay, good. I hope you hope you can edit all that stuff. He did a great job, it turned out pretty good. How cool is it to have East Coast International on board with obviously it's a great fit with what we do with our industry, but how cool is it to have them them on board and, and them all excited to get going in 2021? Well, that's great. Uh, great great company to have on board. Like I say, it's, uh, we certainly appreciate the support and uh, looking forward to working with them for the next few years. Hopefully, hopefully they stick around for a bit. It's great. Once again, we're live and interactive. Be sure to drop us a question, comment, and uh, we'll get it to Kent. Dylan, I know you had something before we cut you off. What, what did you have? Uh, well, Kent, I was just going to continue about with Jordan racing, and we're coming up to a new season. Jordan seems to be really the only rookie coming into this class, but are there any drivers you kind of got on your mind thinking, okay, they were pretty strong in 2019, last year with a handful of petty races that, that we had some strong competitors. Who are you keeping an eye on in 2021 whenever we get started here? Uh, there's lots of, you know, a couple of guys to stick out for sure. Obviously, uh, uh, young butcher, Jared Butcher, he's big, he's turned the corner now. He's going to be real good. Um, Riley McEwen's going to be good. Uh, they, they found their stride. Now let's say Chris Hughes has been knocking on the door here now a bit too. Um, these are see these are some of the guys you're gonna have to look out for for sure. Now it is pretty exciting too with with the island getting back racing and like Tim said almost before Nova Scotia here when the island got no racing last year at all to where it is now and the work that Robbie and the crew at OBS has been doing how special is that to you as a racer and then I guess a fan as well to see the track getting back up and running here. Uh, it's great. Um, I know there's a lot of work that gets that has to go go into that to get it to open up uh, hopefully everything goes well for it uh the racers really appreciate it and the fans i know are going to appreciate it because there's a lot of people there's a lot of a lot of people spend their saturday nights there that's what they do all summer and uh hopefully we all obey what all obey the rules and do what we need to do and uh they can keep going with it and grow it and get more crowds in and and get over this hump Amen for that. So we got Kent here for a bit, folks. Leave a comment on whatever page you're watching on here. Uh, I mean, this, again, is a driver who has been with the Pro Stock Tour since the very beginning. I know you dabbled in some NASCAR as well. Who are some of the drivers you had the chance to race against that you thought, wow, I grew up watching this guy. This is a racing hero that I'm side by side with. Uh, you know, we have Wayne Smith, uh, John Fleming, Mike McKenzie, uh, a couple of guys that I call out on or I really like to watch was uh, Greg Seward and Bobby Ewell. I mean, I never got a chance to race against them. I actually did. I raced against against Greg uh, in 2000. He was still doing a few. But, uh, yeah, those guys are good. Sean Tucker, um, you know, raced against Scott Frazier back in, in 2000. Um, yeah, and that was good. Sean Tucker, the whole bunch, those are, those are all good guys. 
a lot of respect for them both. You mentioned a little bit earlier on about that championship. You, you've been around for a little while and, and you've seen this thing sort of evolve. What do you got to do mindset wise to go in and win a championship, knowing that the tour obviously is trying to reschedule the races that we lost, but trying to, to get into what could be a 10 to 12 race schedule. What do you got to do to, to win that championship? Uh, preparation home here in the shop. Um, you know, the guys are all geared up. They're, they're ready to go. They want to go. Uh, preparation of the shop and the, and the resources to do it with and, and some luck. Yeah. Looking at the, the results, it seems like the consistency is there every single week. It's just, just a matter of getting those finishes and, and making it happen. Right. Yeah. We've been off the mark in the last little bit. Uh, we've been struggling with the setups a bit, but I think we're finally gaining on it. Uh, Jansen, myself and the, my crew are, we've been working diligently on uh, getting where we need to be with some help from uh, Gary and Shane from Port City. Uh, like I say, we just, we're getting closer. We just got to get all the, all the ducks in a row here. Something like it'll find it. Hopefully it'll come together. I ran into Donnie one night after those petty races last year. And I asked him about the, the changes. And, and he said that the cars that, that have been coming now just react to the smallest changes. He said there was, there was a couple of changes that were made from practice and, you know, it shot up the speed chart and then, one small little change and it kind of goes back to the middle of the pack and, and vice versa. How hard is it to kind of keep up to those changes with these race cars? Well, look, if you look at the time charts, the time sheets are so close. So you're looking for every, you're looking for thousands of a second, tenths of a second to keep you up toward the top of the charts. And, uh, you know, you, you make it, you, you do an adjustment and say, I think this is what the car needs. You go out and it doesn't. So hope, the next thing you'd hope for is you change, make that change back and you get the car back to where it was and you move on to it to a to a different adjustment so with all those races that we did have a petty international raceway last year and everybody kind of got on the same playing field there's there's one pro stock race this weekend but it looks like the the borders are going to start reopening and it looks like we're going to start getting back to normal how big of an advantage was it last year to get those couple of races under your belt in, in 2020 to prepare for 2021 uh good we've got some good notes there from last year um we ran into a little bit of trouble in the mike stevens race we didn't finish it but like you say, moving forward, we'd have some notes that we can work off of that and apply to the next time we go for sure. And, and looking forward, obviously, they, they have a race over there. How much do you pay attention to, to what's going on over there? Do you uh, try to get notes from those guys? Because it's been a while since those pro stocks have been on the racetrack. How much attention do you pay to that race this weekend? Never get notes from a racer before. That, well, <laughs> tra track's good. Track, yeah. Track's blown off. <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. We pay attention, see what see what things are trending with, and what the track was like, and and what the changes for sure. Yeah, we try to keep up with that. Uh, Denver, I see the wheels turning over there. What do you got? Well, <laughs> not to interrupt the interview, but Meredith just walked in, Tim. So hopefully, we don't see lights flicker here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kent, I want to ask you another question. Sure. Um, we saw many drivers in recent years. You know, Robbie McEwen comes to mind. Scored his first. Uh, Maritime Pro Stock Tour win at home at Oyster Bed Speedway. Uh, you got to score your first Pro Stock Tour win at Oyster Bed Speedway. How special is that feeling to, you know, obviously any win is big, but that first one is always so special. And to do it at home, and, and the stands are always packed over there for the Pro Stock races. So how special was that win? I was unreal. Like, it, it, it that's kind of where, you, that's why you do it, right? It's yeah, your, your family, your friends, your sponsors, I mean, that night, I think we had, at that time, it was, uh, 
Atlantic turbines. They had the president at that time of Atlantic turbines out getting sprayed with champagne on the racetrack. I mean, you know, you go back to work and the guy comes down and he's smiling like this. So it, it, it's all cool. Like, it's it's good. And I know Robbie was happy that night. The boys had a great time afterwards. They, they went hard afterwards. It was good. I can only imagine the party for, you know, a, a win like that. And, and, you know, hopefully you get back into victory lane here soon. But, uh, you know, we, we've kind of talked, you, you talked about the, uh, you know, wanting that Cat 250 win. It would it ever be on your mind if you got that win to uh, go for all three 250s and try to score that uh, triple crown with the 250 at 660 that only one other person has done so far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the car was working decent enough, I mean, we haven't raced at 660 now for a few years, and it, we we struggled there anyway. But, yeah, it would be something we'd certainly think about for sure. Yep. So is there any one track that, you know, you know, you haven't been to 660 in a few years, and I mean – but is there any one track that you've never raced at that, you know, whether that be in Atlantic Canada or beyond that you would just love to get out and, and turn some laps on? I've never been to Miramichi. No, nope, that'd be pretty, that'd be cool. Um, other, other than that, no, I think we got a car we race in Shediac. It was a good spot. We just don't, we don't uh, do that race in the fall or whatever anymore. But uh, it's, like I say, Miramichi would be a pretty neat spot to go to. And Cape Breton, I was, there, I was at Cape Breton, the legend car. It's rough. Maybe it's, maybe it's a lot better in a pro stock, but I near bounced right into the car in the legend car at Donnie's that day. Tim, I think Barry's watching, so we might have to uh, get putting that, keep putting that bug in his ear. The, the talk has been that, that Ashton Tucker and the Brad Sullicker guys and the New Brunswick guys want to get back on Miramichi with a pro stock race. So uh, maybe we can kind of twist Barry's arm. Uh, he's got a figure eight trailer race this weekend. Would, it, would a figure eight race uh, entice you at all? No, <laughs> I've heard enough. I'm just going around, turn to the left. I don't need to be going through the center field. That's something, like that. no. something you can sit back and watch with a cold I'll beverage, right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I know Dylan's over there as well. There's that dirt track that's down there in the Annapolis Valley. Uh, obviously, you guys have done some dirt racing over there in the past with Oyster Bed, uh, being dirt when it started. Uh, any any inkling that if you found a dirt car that ended up in your driveway, that'd be cool. Yeah, like say we started uh, uh, my first race here in Oyster Bed was on a dirt car, one of Dad's cars. Uh, that didn't fare out so well because I think I ran into them and wrecked, nearly wrecked both race cars. But that being said, nah, it'd be pretty cool to do that too. You've been there before, haven't you, Ken? Didn't you swing by there one time? We did. We were down visiting some. Uh, uh, friend, uh, actually, brother-in-law and sister-in-law moved down to see their daughter down there. We took a tour around and uh, took a little video to the racetrack. Yeah, we Which may you... have to drive the dirt cars into tracks. I don't think the trailers going to make it in there, but that'd be fun too. We could do that. What What did you think of Valley? Just Just looking at it. I mean, there's There's no walls. It's just a dirt bank. But I mean, that is just like the epitome of backwoods bench racing. There. Yeah, that it, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I, I see Barry Richard commenting here. If we can find the sponsors, we would try it. Pro Stock Race. It's been a while since they've been on the racetrack up there. What, what was it, 15, Denver? 2014. Close, it, close it, it was a PEI driver. That's it, was, it was Jonathan Hicken. So, so here's the other thing. Now that Jonathan Hicken – I don't want to use the word retired. I, I'll use the word hung up the helmet and, you know, focusing on Ethan, but – 
Uh, is there any pressure to after the year that Jonathan had to get up there and 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 take that uh, that crown as the uh, the top Islander? Love to. Can be hard. Big shoes to fill there, though. There's a lot of there's a lot of people wanting to put their feet in them boots, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think about all these these young fellas saying that they're retiring? Obviously, Turple hung the helmet up a couple of years ago. Jonathan Hicken is is kind of humming and hawing now. What 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 do you say to all those those young folks that are already packing it in? As you know, it's a big commitment. Uh, it's it takes a lot of time, winter and summer. It's 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 a full time job if you want to do it right. Uh, I mean, these guys, maybe I should have done the same thing when my kids were young, but their kids are at the age now where uh, they can have some fun with them, get them in, into the Bandolero deal and, and work on with that. Uh, I don't, I have nothing bad to say about that at all. I mean, they both, both uh, Sean and uh, uh, Jonathan had great careers. I mean, nothing saying they can't come back. Yeah, I know both of them go back and just have the car and, and turn it on like it was no yesterday. But anyway, I got, I got, I don't begrudge them guys at all for doing what they're doing. I know we talked to a couple of, of drivers on this show and, and kind of looked back and, and said, Hey, if there was a ride that showed up for a race, uh, the, the big thing at 660 now is that Ricky Bobby street stock race where uh, a lot of the sportsman guys, you know, pro stock guys will hop in for a night and uh, race a street stock. Uh, you guys have the Dave lamb over there, a couple of really big uh, street stock races over at, uh, oyster bed would that entice you at all or is there any other race around Atlantic Canada that might not necessarily be a pro stock race that said hey I, I probably like to try this at some point I'd like to try the yeah the oyster the oyster bed one here with the street stocks there's a great bunch of guys down here a good competition that'd be a lot of fun throw a street stock here once it was for uh Wayne Warren he had had to step out of the car or whatever one night Wayne is a he's a big hunk of men like three of me kind of thing and I stepped in it and I sat in the thing and strapped the seat belts on. And he said, uh, driver as hard as humanly possible. Don't worry about the rest of it. So anyway, we had a lot of fun that night. I think Darren McKinnon told me at one point that you can, compared to the pro stock, he can read a newspaper going down the back straightaway in a street stock. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can. He, he's better at multitasking than I can. But anyway, yeah, they're a lot of fun though. Once again, we're live and interactive here with Ken Vincent. We'll do last call on social. So drop us a question, drop us a comment. Dylan, I know there's a couple that are, are starting to roll in there. What do you got? Yeah, well, a fellow Islander, a guy getting ready for a street stock racing season, Taylor Albert is watching. He wrote, Kent, in your opinion, is there a way to decrease the cost of running a pro stock car to help the smaller budget teams be more competitive on a weekly basis? I wish I could answer that. Um, just come to a rules meeting some night and we'll try to hash the rules out and see what we can get with it. But it's just, uh, unless, it, unless you're going to cost the racers a lot of money right now, we just got to keep status quo. Um, I mean, there's tires, there's what have you, but, um, it, it's hard to keep the cost down, uh, with the, with the resources and whatnot other teams have. Uh, that's a, that's a million dollar question right there. I can't answer that. I, I know the big thing right now in Formula One is the cost cap. I mean, and granted, it's Formula One. It's hundreds of millions of dollars, but every team is limited. Even the Ferraris and Mercedes, they're limited to X amount of dollars. Would a cap for pro stock racing help at, at all, or would it just make it just impossible for anybody? I think 
I think it's capped now per the rules, but there's guys that let's say get around the rules or the guys that have more resources to work with the rules that we, that we have, that's, uh, that, that makes it hard maybe for the rest of us as far as, uh, practice tires and practice sessions and, and testing sessions and whatnot like that. So it's, 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 it, it's hard to keep the money out. Yeah. I, I, I can't answer that. Yeah. And that's even just kind of thinking like, I, I don't know because they already kind of limit how many tires you can get somewhat. And then anything else is extra. If you want to have X amount of crew members, whether or not we see drivers with only two or three, and then we see the butchers who seem like they have an army full with them. So that is a tough one. So that's all we got right now on social media, Tim. Again, last call for Kent here. Last call. Kent, you got your drink? Last call. I got it. <laughs> Kent, you mentioned the crew a little bit earlier. Uh, how's, how are the parents doing? How are, uh, how's Alan doing? And uh, are they all ready for the season? They're all ready. Dad turns, uh, I believe, 75 tomorrow. Big birthday for him. Uh, uh, both they're doing all right and looking forward to getting back to the racetrack somewhere soon. For sure, mom is. Yep. Get that itch and, and get everybody back out to the racetrack. You mentioned some of the sponsors. Who's on the race car this year? Uh, I'm, I'm sure Trevor's there. Got all the uh, the list crunched and everything else. Who do you got in the race car? Well, we got some guys. Like I said, we got Donnie Garnier with Tire Tire Canada.ca. Uh, we have Lone Oak Brewing is back with us. Stray's Groceries. Uh, we have uh, Hide My Can. We have Lamb Concrete. Trevor's new little gig there going on. Um, O'Connor Glass, of course, PEI Potatoes is back on with us, full strong. And uh, Rainers Automotive, of course, going to step up and help us again this year, too. So we got we got some pretty decent guys there, for sure. So for that first race, wherever it may be, whether it's the, the weekly show at Oyster Bed, whether it's the, the tour race at, you know, Petty Raceway or Riverside or, or Scotia or, or wherever it may be, What's the goal going into that first race? What are you going to be happy with when you when you leave the racetrack? Oh, to win. We go there to win. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, uh, Kent, this has been fun. Uh, great to have you along. We'll, we'll get you on at some other point uh, this season as well, because I know there's going to be a couple of victories with that eight car. You're long overdue to get to victory lane. I hope, so. you're, I hope you're right, Tim. I hope you're right. Thanks for having me on, for sure. Get out in the shop, get that car ready, and uh, we'll, we'll have a couple of cool beer here before the uh before the season ends we'll get you some uh lone oak here for sure when next time you're over sounds like a plan that's kent vincent driver of the number eight and uh denver we are excited because coming up this weekend we are going racing at speedway miramichi let's give us a little uh synopsis here what do the fans expect on saturday when they head to the sheet well tim uh the fans can expect a this is more than just a race this is more than just a demolition this is going to be a true experience you have to experience a demolition at speedway miramichi and this one is more special than potentially any we have seen in recent memory because there's a, a new i guess you can call it a preliminary race or a co-headlining act the inaugural figure eight trailer race we are going to take these crazy drivers and uh well we call them crazy but they are talented at what they do they're going to you know, ha hook some uh, trailers onto the back of their vehicles, and they are going to, uh, I guess, send it through the figure eight course, the only paved permanent figure eight course in Atlantic Canada. So uh, that so, just tips the iceberg, Tim, because we have Atlantic Modified Tours, so like excavating be, 35. And Before we go to the stock car portion of it, though, I want to ask a question, and I'm sure Paul has it going through his mind here when, when he's, he's looking at the graphics and everything else. Is it is it a camper trailer? Is it, like, what kind of trailer is 
goes into this? Is there any teching for the trailer per se? So it's pretty wide open. Um, we love to see camper trailers because they make an even bigger mess and we want to put Barry to work. You know, he's got to earn his, uh, you know, he's got to earn the pay. We want the track owners to work hard for their money uh, and work hard for those fans. So uh, in this case, we want Barry to uh, work hard cleaning up next week. Uh, and the camper <laughs> trailers are sure to make a mess, but really it's open you know, a lawnmower trailer, utility trailer. I'm hoping we see some boat trailers with some old boats on them. You know, anything you can think of uh, pretty much uh, is legal. So uh, there is a little bit of like a size restriction. So there will be a little bit of teching. You know, we can't have anything that's going to damage the track. That's going to be important. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty wide open. If you find a trailer, bring it up. If you have an old trailer sitting in your backyard, whether that be a camper trailer or an ATV trailer or anything, uh, and you want to get rid of it, message one of our drivers because I'm sure they're looking for some still. So uh, it's going to be wild, to say the you, least. You mentioned stock cars. So we're going to talk about the modifieds in a second with our next guest. But we got street stocks. We got mini stocks. We got bombers. Uh, it's it's a full card for anybody that hasn't been to Miramichi that now that everything's kind of starting to open up, it's a full card. It's stock cars and it's also demolition, right? For sure. Like I said, Tim, this is a true experience. This is not just a race. It's not just a demolition. It's a, it's a full event. It's almost, you can think of it more like a festival. You're going to get your money's worth. You know, you're, it's 20 bucks to get in, but uh, you know, it's not going to be your standard three hour show. It's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a longer show. Um, but that's what Speedway Miramichi is all about. And that's what makes it so great is when you come here, you're getting this full experience you know, uh, we've always said, I don't think there's anywhere else in the world you're going to see a stock car race. You're going to see a demolition derby, an endurance race, a burnout competition, uh, a figure eight race, all of the above and then some all in one place at one time. So uh, it's this is going to be one of the most exciting events we probably ever see. Um, and you're going to want to be there. Now, you mentioned the Atlantic Modify Tour. Let's uh, who do we have coming up here? Introduce our next guest. The driver. Coming up next is the driver of the Flying 55, and we're going to have to ask him where that nickname came from because I believe there's a story behind it. He is a former Riverglade International winner in 2002. He's got a championship at Petty International Raceway. Hell, he's won everything there is to win in sportsmen in the late 90s and early 2000s in the province of New Brunswick. Uh, took a little bit of time off, dabbled here and there in some different stuff, but uh, in the last two or three years, he has returned behind the wheel of a modified Zine Dutcher is on Tim's Corner Live. Zine, welcome to tonight's show. Thanks, guys. It's nice to be cho uh, chosen to get on this year's show. Can we're, you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We're glad to have you along for the ride. And I figured Denver would know your stats better, better than I would and probably better than anybody else would. But uh, are you excited to go back to your home racetrack this weekend? Obviously, with petty opening up and, and everything starting to open up now you get to go back to your home racetrack with that atlantic modified how excited are you for saturday yeah i'm, I'm excited uh out of the three tracks uh our setup seems to be uh the best at at miramichi uh we've been working on it last year we worked on it and weren't as good as we wanted to be, but we stayed consistent and we had a good run the last, uh, the last run there in Miramichi for the season. And uh, you need a little bit of luck, right? So anyways, we had a podium car and we ended up getting a front flat. So we had to drop out and we missed uh, second place by two points. 
but that's racing. It always seems like the end of the season is a scramble, especially with the shortened season that we had last year. It started off on the right foot this year, though, in, in 2021, really strong in that heat race. Uh, and a podium finish to back it up in the feature. Take us back to a couple of weeks ago and take us back to your day at Petty Raceway. Yeah, the car felt good. Like I took it down for a little test there. Uh, Miramichi Thursday night, I do believe the car felt good. There was no mechanical issues or leaks or anything. So that was good. And the car felt good at Petty. And uh, um yeah, we had gotten Travis there, but the caution came out there with two laps to go. So, and then Joe and I got together uh, four laps into that feature, and it um, it was a handful, a real handful. So I was thankful to really get a third place finish. But this is the thing, like that could be the difference come the end of the season for points, right? But uh, there was a lot of bent up stuff when we got it home on the front end, and it was a battle to. It was a handful to drive, but anyways, we, we managed. We had Travis on here last week, and he talked about putting all those extra hours in the shop to, to get ready for that home race and really get ready for the season that's coming up because you guys have a very busy stretch starting to starting to form here. But uh, how many hours did, did you spend in the shop trying to get that thing all ready to go for, for what will be Saturday? <laughs> uh, where do we start? That, that's pretty – I don't know. I'm kind of – Oh, wow. I got three cars. So anyways, I've been working pretty much every evening for the past three months. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, we just had Ken Vincent on. It's the hard work in the shop that gets, gets the thing done, right? Yeah. yeah we are lo- we are lo- go, go ahead. Work at night to get anything done. And it's, it's so short with, with everything going on, and especially with the turnaround. I'll ask you about this before we go to social. We are live and interactive, by the way. Drop us a comment if you have a question for Zine Dutcher. The turnaround time here for this next week, Miramichi Saturday, and then you turn around fairly quickly and go to Speedway 660 the next week. So uh, you had a couple of weeks off, obviously, with the season kind of being delayed. It was kind of slow getting going, but now it's coming, and it's coming in a hurry. What's the mindset for these next couple of weeks, not only Miramichi on Saturday, but turning it around and heading to Gary the next week. Yeah, there, there's some uh, stretches there this year that are going to be challenging. Like you really got to look after your car, try not, you know, get busted up, you know, cause it's enough work just to maintain the car, check it all over and try to tweak on it to get it faster and things like that. So yeah, you really have to look after your car and try to stay out of trouble, especially when you got back-to-back weeks because, yeah, I've been that, down that road a lot of late nights. We see all these these young guys coming up through the, you know, the sports ranks and the, the pro stocks and, and making their way up to the higher ranks. You guys, uh, you got the Travis Conroys, Justin Beers was in there for a little while, Ryan Messers. There's been a couple that have made that, that leap up. But to see yourself, Eves McRae, uh, Doug Matchett, Joe Hoyt, uh, the, the older guys kind of putting on the show every, every week, how cool is it to, to have those guys there and, and trying to fend off the, the youngster that, uh, that won race number one? Yeah, no, he, he's good for, for division, the sport. It's, it's great to race against Eve again, and uh, I've never raced against Joe and and Doug and those guys, but it's, it's really good to race against 
those guys as well. And uh, there's a good mix there. It'd be nice to get maybe a few more young people that young Savoy, that's good. It's just adding to it. So, and there's talks, a few other people, Jonathan Dixon, he's really interested. He wants to get into it. So I think we have a real good looking bright future for the modifieds. It's kind of like a melting pot. When you look at the, the legends in, in Nova Scotia, where you have the, the guys like Cy Harvey and Darren Shearwood and the guys that had run sportsmen and pro stock, and they, they've kind of settled back into the legends division and you have those young kids coming up. It's almost like that same way with the Atlantic Modified Tour in New Brunswick. And I know the legends haven't really uh, gone to that step in that province yet, but what's it, what's the, attractiveness of the Atlantic modified tour that, that drew you to this series? Um, well, one, you know, it, it's pretty cool. Cause I'm racing against Steven and uh, Chris and they used to be in my pit crew back in the day when we were running sportsmen. And so they're, they're, we're running against one another and uh, they got me into it. I would say because, and it's a great division. It's uh, the really, I think it's the best bang for your buck. We're, we're running good like speeds and it's easier on the pocketbook compared to some of the other divisions. And I like, I like the look of them and stuff. They just have their own unique look. And the 55 car always shows up to the racetrack looking really sharp. We are live and interactive on, on social Dylan. I, I know it's starting to get a little bit uh, lively over there. What do you got? Yeah, for sure. Zane. Uh, great to chat with you. Just wondering, Saturday, that trailer figure eight race has no interest for you? Anything, sure. <laughs> if offered a truck or a car to race in that, would you go in the figure eight trailer race? Sure. Denver, come on, get this lined up. <laughs> well, I think Barry's Barry's the one that's got to look after that. He, I'm, uh, he's got. I'm sure he, he's all these. Let's talk with the grudge race cars. So I'm sure he can uh, spare one for the trailer race. Maybe. Uh, Dan Daniel Teo's watching. He wrote, Zane, I'm coming on Saturday. Are you hopping in the four-cylinder? Uh, my son's going to be driving the four-cylinder. Is there a big uh, – Tim, were you going to say something? I was going to say, didn't you drive the four-cylinder last year in the mechanics race? Yeah. <laughs> It is, isn't that kind of like over over qualified for, for hopping into one of those races? Yeah, there was somebody else that was supposed to go and they didn't. So I said, well, heck, I'm going to go out for a run. What you need to do next year is you need to, to, to kind of go incognito and go in the staff race because we got somebody over here that, that seems like he won the Daytona 500 with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of people there. They're just like, you were in that car, weren't you? Yeah. I said, well, I had to go drive something. I said, I'd, I really, I'd like to drive anything, really. I tried a Legends car last year, and I might be racing it this year if they, like, open up and, and run. That is a squashy little thing. There's not much room in those. And wow. it's, got, it's got a lot of pep, too, right? Oh, it's crazy. It's unreal third gear there and you can spin the tires going up straight away is, is there any race car before we go back to social is there any race car that besides maybe the legend car that you said you you you've tested out that you haven't drove that you want to you know get in and get a race in 
I'd, I'd love to try pro stock. Love to. Never ever got to for some reason, but anyways, hopefully sometime there. And, and Denver, there is another reason why we need a pro stock race in Bear Machine. Uh, Dylan, what do you got over there on social? Anything else? Uh, not a ton right now, so he's here for a little bit. Folks, leave a comment. But Chris Wilson uh, did the peace sign. He's watching. Denver, do you know if Chris is racing on Saturday since he's technically allowed to come over? He just may have to camp at the racetrack until he can go home to Nova Scotia, right? Oh, Chris okay. is in Mirror Machine. Well, then there we go. We're good, right? There, uh, is there another Chris Wilson we're confused with, though? Like, I, there might be a Nova Scotia Chris Wilson. I, I may be I a little confused. I, is he not from Nova Scotia? He is not from Nova Scotia. But he is allowed to race now since they dropped the trucker restriction, right? Correct. That's what it must have been. I'm That's sorry, what it was. There you go. I saw he made posts before, so I'm sorry, Chris. So yeah, so Chris is going to be racing on Saturday. Um, well, the uh, he's hoping to be racing, is my understanding. He's on the entry list, um, and uh, I know I saw some pictures of that car, and I, the guy that we have on here, Mister Dutcher, was uh, a part of making that car look as good as what it does. So I can't wait to see that on the track, and uh, hopefully this weekend. Yeah, it's looking good there. I was in today to check on him there, and he's come along pretty good with it there. So I think he'll be there. So let's give a scouting report. Denver kind of mentioned that that entry list for the Sutherland's Excavating Limited 35. Uh, obviously, the 55 is going to be a part of that that mix at the end of it when the checkered flag comes down. But who else do you have on your radar that you know when you pull into that racetrack you've got to beat on Saturday? Um, yeah, like Travis and Eve, it's, it's funny. Like we finished like one, two and three at the end of the season and we're pretty much carrying on, I guess, with, uh, with the stats so far, but you never know racing. You got to be there at the end. Right. And it seems like you three, the, the last little bit, and looking back even to last year as well, the consistency over those six races, going for that championship season long with 12 races, knowing that those two came out of the gate strong, does it change the mindset at all? Uh, looking forward, trying to take that championship away in 2021? Um, a little bit. I just, you know, just want to be consistent and finish and, you know, not have any DNFs and um, uh, just want to get a little bit more speed out of the car. So I think we're good there. Just got to just keep plugging away at it. There's some late nights, but hopefully overall it'll be, uh, it'll pay off at the end. We talked a little bit about Petty. We talked about Miramichi. Obviously Gary is coming up in, in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, I looked back earlier this week to speed weekend and, and I think the heat race, you guys ran almost 10 laps side by side, uh, almost in a, in a high speed pace lap. What is it about that racetrack that, that lends itself to great modified racing? Um, I really like, I always like Gary. Um, you can carry your momentum and those are momentum cars because of like, it'd be nice to have a little more power, but, Anyways, that track, like it's you're turning all the time, so you can keep your speed up, and it's a fast track. I always liked it. The only thing is, uh, I've been struggling at that track. Like uh, the car's not working as good as I would like it to. So hopefully, next week we'll have something for them. 
we asked Travis about the double header. You guys kind of did that last year on speed weekend, but it was a Friday and a Sunday. You kind of had the repair day in the middle if you needed it. They're both for points this year, though. When it comes to that July weekend in the middle of the season, how do you set yourself up mindset-wise going in, knowing that you have a Saturday and a Sunday double, and uh, it could change the complexity of the points? Yes, for sure. So you have to try to have as many parts available, uh, be prepared for the worst, um, just just be consistent. Try not to, you know, win the first couple of laps. Try to be clean. Just stay out of trouble and just 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 do the same thing that you always keep doing. Is just try to be there at the end uh, when it may, it's most important and just try to take care of your car. When we talked to Ken, he talked about the IWK 250 being the big show uh, for the for the Pro Stock Tour and seeing all the people there you guys run some big shows in the province of new brunswick uh the very best ball shootout the the atlantic championships is back on the schedule this year the mike stevens memorial uh you you look at speed weekend obviously as being one of those big shows that everybody goes to how cool is it to be a part of of, of those shows with the atlantic modified tour yeah it, it is really cool um i i missed going over there it's been quite a long time and it's always been like a really fun weekend it's good for the sponsors lots of people there you see a lot of people that you haven't seen for a while so it's all in all it's it's really good fun weekend and it's nice i like that friday race and the sunday race doubleheader gives you a little bit of a break on saturday right yeah exactly and then friday can kind of use that as a, a, a tuning like for sunday's race and it changes a little bit, too, because that race is the nightcap, per se, on, on the Friday teaser. And then Sunday, you're in the middle of the heat. How much do you have to kind of prepare and, and change on, on that front besides, you know, unloading Friday night and, and trying to dial the thing in? Yeah, exactly. You're going to have like a tight, tight track and then it's going to be loosening up the, uh, during the day, right? So, yeah, you just got to adjust, adjust for it and... Uh, Hopefully you adjusted the right way. Okay, Mr. Staff Brace, I, I see your, your wheels turning over there. What do you got for, for Mr. Gutcher? Well, uh, it's a good thing Paul doesn't have eye racing tonight, Tim, because we might go a little long. So I have a lot for uh, Mr. Gutcher. So I apologize. We, we are still a two-hour show, by the way. Okay, well, <laughs> we, we will try our best here. Uh, but Zine, first of all, so uh, for someone that's new to racing, maybe doesn't know the history you have, uh, you've been racing for a long time since you were like, what, 16 or 18. Why don't you take us back and tell us about how you got your start in the stock car race? Um, well, my, my dad and I, we always like went and watched races, the International and the, you know, the Clattenburgs and the Frasers and Don Biederman and uh, the list goes on, you know, with those guys, uh, Seaward and so anyways... I, I, my father would say, we're going to have to build a car one of these years. And, and I kind of waited and waited. And then I uh, was good friends with Jeff Patlas. And, you know, we always kind of hung around with uh, his dad because he was racing Clarence and, and the McCrae's Raymond and them. And uh, anyways, Jeff's father got 
a newer sportsman car and the one he was using the year before was parked outside. So I said to Jeff, I said, what's your dad going to do with that old race car? And uh, he said, I, I don't know. I said, well, we should ask him. So we asked him. And um, anyways, Clarence said, uh, you just can have it. But I, I, I want the motor out of it in a couple of weeks if you can find another engine. So we decided we we're going to go in the Dukes. So we had to cut a few pipes out because it was a sportsman cars to make for the rules for the Dukes. So we ran the Dukes for, I'm not sure, this is when we were 15, so it was 1988. And uh, the reason why, I don't know, the number 55, I kind of liked it, but we picked out this paint scheme that Bill Parsons had back in the day, and it was 55, so... We painted up, put the 55 on it, and then about a month or so, there's, I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight Dukes, and uh, they decided that they weren't going to have Dukes anymore because there wasn't enough cars. So I was all pumped up. I said, well, the heck with that. I'll go to Sportsman then. So I put the pipes all back in. I went and got some sponsors and bought some 10 inch wheels. That was the first year that they went with 10 inch wheels and jack and bolts. So Raymond helped me and Murray. And so I, I won one race in my rookie year there uh, in Miramichi. And then the next year I started racing on Wednesday night at Petty's and racing, um, and Miramichi on Saturday and the odd time in Riverglade on Sunday, three, three times a week. I don't know how we did, but anyways. So, you know, you got to race in the, what we call the glory days of sportsman cars in Miramichi back in, you know, the eighties and nineties when there would be 20, 30, maybe more cars. There was B features and all that described to someone who wasn't around back then, or maybe didn't get to experience it just how incredible uh, you know, those days of the uh, stock car racing and the sportsman class were at, uh, well, it was McKay Speedway at the time. Yeah. Yeah, like the stands were packed. There's people like even even along the fence and the pits were packed and there was a lot of cars from everywhere. Like Tim Barrio used to come all the time. Billy Somerville from St. John. Um Oh, Jumpins, I just mentioned his name the other day there, the uh, 51 there from over Freddyton Way. Larry Gulliver. Larry Gulliver. Larry used to come all the time too. And then there's a lot from up north, Brad Mann, um, Blaine Moses. There's quite a few like from up there. And then a lot of guys from Moncton. Yeah, like Tim Rogers and Paul Lewis and Roger Sears and – the list goes on. A lot of good racers, a lot of good racers, a lot of good cars. And then there's a lot of people from here too. There's probably at least four cars just on this South Esk road. And it's kind of like that right now. There's three or four modifieds on this road. So while we're, we're 
while we're talking about that, you know, we've seen the transformation in Miramichi, you know, the, the growth in the last two or three years, you know, when you first got back into a modified, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of people in the stands, you know, car counts weren't that great, but what we're seeing now with, with especially the bomber class has 20 cars a race. There's, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 modifieds a race, lots of mini stocks, uh, street stocks and, you know, huge fields of demo cars and the stands have been packed. You know, what is it like seeing the resurgence, I guess, of Speedway Miramichi? Yeah, no, it, it's great. I'm glad to see that because, you know, Barry's effort and stuff, they're starting to pay off too. And it's a funny thing how the COVID kind of helped the racetracks, but it's great. We'll take it. I want to talk about some of your accomplishments. And the first one I want to talk about is you have a track championship at uh, Petty Raceway back. This is sometime in the 1990s, I believe. Uh, tell us a little bit about that championship because uh, I believe there's a quite a dramatic ending to it. Yeah, that was, we had no radios really back then or whatever there. So we didn't, I didn't know how many laps was left. And um, when I went in that day, I, I said to myself, uh, um, it was between me and Jim Duke, and I was three points ahead of him going in. So I said, I got to finish right behind him every race to be a point ahead of him. So when it come down to the feature, he was second trying to get past Kevin Moore from Fredericton. And I forget the two cars that were in front of me, the double zero, but there were two locals from Salisbury or Moncton area. So I was fifth. And back then we were pitted in the infield. So uh, anyways, they were, they pretty much, they had me blocked in or boxed. They were just running side by side. So I was just like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just like, here's my championship just getting away from me. And what am I going to do? So I said, I know I don't have much time and I have to try it. I said, if I don't, it'll eat at me for the rest of my days. So anyways, an Earnhardt move going into turn three in the back stretch, gave him the bumper and he slid up and I went three wide and went from fifth to third. And, and there the three laps left to go. So I finished right behind Jim and yeah, won the championship. That certainly would have been a while to see for sure. And, uh, you know, that championship, obviously a big deal, but you have a lot of wins in sportsmen, but one in particular, uh, the Riverglade International in 2002. And that, that weekend also has a big story to it because, uh, you know, you, you ran uh, the day before in Miramichi and then there's something about an outlaw race. Uh, tell us about that Riverglade International winning weekend. Yeah, that was probably like the 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 most awesome weekend, probably like of all our racing like sportsman days. We got through two seconds at, at Miramichi, won the feature, and then I never drove on slicks before, so we wanted to win the outlaw race after the international. So Jason Carnahan rigged us up with some slicks, and. Uh, we qualified decent and anyways, on a restart, we were up to about six and someone blew a tire or something in front of us. So we went back to 16th, I think pretty much where we had started at the first of the race. 
and we picked our way back up through and I was in third place and Ken McKenzie senior was leading and Wayne Wormel was second and they were running pretty hard at, like side by side. So I said, I'm in a great place. I'm just going to ride it out here and you never know what could happen with the two of them or whatever. Right. So we were racing and, uh, Anyways, I don't know what, to this day, there's something on the track. I don't know what it was, but the three of us went into turn turn one, and we were sideways. And for whatever reason, my car got grip, and I put it to the floor, and the, another three-wide move, I went by the two of them and took the lead on the back stretch and completed the lap. And then I come around and <clears throat> they got together and Wormel ended up in the wall in turn one. So there was a, a red flag caution there for a while. And, uh, and then this was pretty cool. Who lined up beside me uh, was Raymond McRae. So I said to myself, I know you're a good buddy of mine, but you're going to work for this because you already have an international and I don't. So I'm going to run the friggin' wheels off this. And I was up on the wheel prepared for the restart. Anyways, I drove off, I think half, half a track there when the flag dropped checkered flag. So yeah, we had an awesome car that weekend. And then we got teched. Everything was good. We put on the slicks and we, finished fourth we even passed a couple of pro stocks so the car was like on rails that weekend that was certainly that that weekend hearing the stories from that is some of the best racing stories i've ever heard uh and then you know after your international when you kind of you ran for another year or two um kind of stepped away for a bit then you come back in the modifieds and so far you have one win in the modifieds but it was a big one um, 50 lapper in Miramichi in 2019, where you outdueled Joe Hoyt. Uh, tell us a little bit about that victory. Yeah, that was, uh, the car felt really good there. Um, I had a good set of tires, uh, that I kind of put aside. I said, I'm going to save those for that 50 lap. Um, I had gotten them from Brad Silliker. Um, they were a good set, like compared to what the rest of my head. So, that probably paid off a little bit, but the car was just really good that night. So it didn't take too long that um, I think we started seventh or something. So we got our, I think by 15 laps into it there, I think we took the lead. So we led 35 of them, but uh, I didn't think Joe was as good as he was. I didn't think like he was getting up, to me there and anyways he gave me a pretty good shot off of four there and uh, so then I really got up on the wheel there and uh, said I gotta drive her a bit harder there to stay ahead so I can uh, finish this race hopefully in the lead so uh, anyways we ended up winning it so it, that was good you'll certainly be looking for another win this weekend but uh, before I throw it back to Tim because I know uh with the time and all we, we could go on all night scene but uh, i kind of want to throw a bit of a loaded question at you uh and I, this one might be come up to interpretation but uh biggest feud or biggest rivalry throughout your career 
Yeah, me and the Strath Adam Street. <laughs> yeah, at the Mirror Machine. So is there any stories with that? And by Strath Adam Street, I believe that that would be Brian Ashton, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny there. I I had just, I was gone away the week before there. I couldn't race. And uh, apparently he wrecked one of the young Rogers from, from Moncton or whatever there. And uh, I came back that the next weekend and um, I was on the outside pole of the heat race and Brian was uh, third. And uh, I think it was that guitar there from up jacket riverway was on the pole. But anyways, he was like driving like really fast. I couldn't even really keep up to him. So I kind of lagged back and they reflagged it. So the second time, it was the same thing, but except Brian come into the side of me and turned me. So I stood right into it and we were like nose to nose on turn three. So I said, yeah, well, you're not going to freaking get away with this here after last weekend, breaking up that young lad's car or whatever, freak this. So anyways, I... I was so friggin' ugly. I got out of the car with still my helmet on. I never even took the steering wheel off. I don't know how I got out, but he was starting to take off and I waved him back and he stopped. So I kicked the quarter panel of his car and you can see him like kind of freaking out, trying to get his seatbelt on buckle. Then I kicked the door. <laughs> then he comes out and he's coming around and I know he's a lefty. So anyways, he, he goes with the haymaker there and I step back and I come up and <laughs> give him like an undercut there and start punching him on the roof. And then there's somebody grabs a hold of me and here it was Art McLean <laughs> breaking up the fight. So anyway. Good times, good times. Oh yeah, we shook hands later on or whatever there, but it is, it is what it is. Just kind of a hot moment. Dylan, we, I've been uh, throwing the questions at Zine for a while. Is there any questions coming from social media? I mean, I've I just been sitting back listening. I mean, I've been getting a kick out of these. But uh, David Cassidy led on to one of those questions. I think we got the answer. Uh, he's wondering, Zane, did you ever lose your temper over the years? Oh, a few times. <laughs> any other fight stories? Oh, no, it, um, it got pretty heated up there a few times in, uh, Gary, me and Bradley Logan there, it used to be pretty, pretty hot at times over there with him. And, uh, one night there with Kevin Moore there. Yeah. He was a lap car and I was in third place with, uh, I don't know, 20 laps to go on the, in a one twenty five, and he freaking takes us out. So uh, stuff like that, but. It is what it is. And then Al Snell and Grove, another guy. Had a few run-ins with him, too. That's about it. A few of them. Are, are, get them I guess. are you able to calm yourself down once the race is over, once you pull into the pits and think, okay, it was on the track, I'm done? Or is it, no, I got to go say something to this guy? Or do you leave it all behind? No, nah, I just leave it all behind. That's all we got right now for social media, Tim in Denver. Excellent. Be sure to drop a question or a comment. We got a couple of more minutes here with, with Zine Dutcher. And 
Uh, I kind of want to ask about something that Denver kind of alluded to, and it's the bomber division. You've seen this sport for decades in your, in your own backyard and also throughout the province. How cool is it to see that bomber division at Miramichi take off? Yeah, no, it, it's great. I, I knew it'd be a real good uh, choice because uh, when it was introduced here, it uh, back when it was McKay Speedway, uh, we a bunch of us went to Caribou, Maine for um, a race, and that's where we were introduced to the bomber division. So right then and there, Wilford said, we're going to have a bomber class, and it was as good as it is now, and car counts just – Hook off. It's affordable, right? There's a lot of people that want to race, but and, and it's affordable, so that's why it's going the way it's going. We kind of asked a couple of our guests before on this show as well. You've been involved in this sport for a while. If there was any race that you'd like to take part of, we talked with the 660 guys, the Ricky Bobby race has, has been big. Uh, is there any race that that you and the Maritimes would, would like to, to kind of, hey, I'd, I'd like to do this before I call it quits? Yeah, well, this is the thing I'm hoping there, like my third car, um, it's getting a lot closer. My old sportsman car, I got it back and I'm going to run in street stock. So it just needs to be lettered and uh, the exhaust and a few more things to the body. And that's about it. So I'm hoping to take in few races down here, the fall shootout, the Ricky Bobby, and then there's a big one in Petty. So I'm hoping to take that in too. That very best fall shootout has grown into its own, especially with that street, street stock division. How cool is it to see the uh, the Maritimes best coming to Miramichi in October and try to fight for that? I think it's eight foot, six foot, whatever it is, tall trophy we got. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. It's Kind of reminds me back in the day there when we had the Brunswick 100 there in August, the long weekend in August there. All kinds of sportsman cars from all, all over would come to that there. It was a big event for us back then. So having this to take it over is, it's great. So if you won an eight-foot trophy, we asked the Street Stock guys back in October, if you won an eight-foot trophy, how do you get the thing home? <laughs> Right now, it would be a real challenge, but uh, hopefully later there. It, anyways, I got three race cars. I'm getting ready. Uh, my truck and a 36-foot closed-in trailer. So it, it's easy at that point then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm not having, like, help is hard because most of my pit crew is racing against me now, right? <laughs> You talked about the, the, the cars coming together. The, the four-cylinder has come out of that shop the last couple of years. How cool is it to see a uh, black uh, car with a 55 on the side of it? it yeah, no, it's it's good. It's looking good there. And uh, I'm glad to see, you know, my son, He's he's likes it. And uh, so this year we're going to go down a few nights, and I think I'll let him get some seat time with uh, the street stock for sure, get him to try that out just, you know, see what he thinks about that too. Maybe a little more of an incentive for him to look forward to a little more power and stuff. So for those that are kind of on the fence that, you know, I want to go to Miramichi on the weekend. There's a, there's a figure eight trailer race. There's all kinds of other, other things going on with the, the event that we have on Saturday, but give us a little sales pitch. Why should they come watch the modified tour on Saturday in Miramichi? 
well, there's there's going to be some more modifieds there than like a couple weeks ago, and 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 some of the local guys that are from here, and there's going there's some that changed their colors and that there's some nice looking cars, um, and then the battle for for the points uh, between some of these uh, veteran guys, and then you got Travis there, the youngster, the mixing it up, so should be a good show. So you mentioned your, your, I'll get to you in a second, Denver, because I, I, I want to ask th this question because Zine, you mentioned the pit crews now racing. So if you have Chris Wilson or Steve on your front bumper on the last lap, do you move them for a win? Because Chris has been pretty hot in that street stock and has won a couple of modified races at Petty and, and 660. If a push comes down to shove at the end, do you move the pit crew for the win? Probably <laughs> just a little touch and go, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a comment from Chris on that, but Denver, what else do you got over there? I just wanted to ask you, Zine, you know, we talk about the championships and the modified tour championship, but at Speedway Miramichi, there's also a, a modified kind of a mini series championship for all the races in, in Miramichi. So, uh, you know, how cool would it be to uh, not only win the tour championship, but also uh, win a, a, I guess a track championship in Miramichi in the modified division. Yeah, that would be huge. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like that. Yeah. Anything with the modified there, you know, it's kind of open to me there. Well, I'd like to get a championship out of it, and uh, it'd be, it'd be extra cool to, to get both. But anyways, I guess try. That's all you can do, and go from there. The best way to start that off would be with a win this weekend, though, right? Exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, some of the crew that, that helps you out. Who do you got for crew that helps you get to the racetrack each week? And who do you got for sponsors? Because I, I know you got a lot on the side of that 55 car. Yeah. Um, well, my son and my stepson and then my girlfriend, uh, Kirk Shayscreen, the odd time comes, and one of my cousins. That's about it. Uh, And my sponsors, exactly, like, there's no way I could do it without them, never could, you know, and it's great that I can get these sponsors, and I kept everybody on board uh, from last year's, which was good, so do you, do you want me to name my sponsors? Maybe may as well give them a little bit of love while we're here. Sure. Um, I want to thank all my sponsors, Greco, uh Rise and Shine Trucking, uh, Ca Castle Sheet Metal, uh, Forever Flooring, McRae Construction, uh, Luke Michel, All-Star, G&G Brothers, Dawson's Drywall, Gray Rock Construction, Fix Auto, J-Ring Electrical, and Robbins. And... Three Rivers Construction and Hubert Williston's Construction and Miller Heat Pumps. I, I, I said the comment would stir Chris Wilson. Uh, Dylan, what do you got? <laughs> Chris Wilson's here. He wrote, I came up from under my car right now to say that I moved Zane to win my first feature, so I likely have one coming. <laughs> 
I was going to get to that night there. That was awesome. I, oh, a few more laps. I think I would have got to him there, but it was awesome to finish like how it unfolded that night. It was a great night. I was really happy for Chris. He drove a good race. So if he admits that he moved you for the, the win, does that mean you owe him two? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? Yeah. This, this has been fun catching up with you, Zine. Looking forward to Saturday when we go racing with the Sutherlands Excavating 35. Uh, get that car ready for, for Saturday and uh, put a coat of wax on it. It'll be on TV, on the, uh, on the Tim's Corner TV. Uh, good luck. Uh, we'll catch up with you on the weekend. Thanks very much, guys. Have a good night. That's Zine Dutcher driver, the number 55 in the Atlantic Modified Tour. And you can catch them coming up on a Saturday on Tim's Corner TV. Uh, let's talk fantasy points uh, because I know this is a soft spot for uh, Dylan because, Dylan, we didn't get to race last week. You didn't get to make up any points. I know, and I still don't like the point system. I have two wins. How am it's, I in third? It's the Halifax point system. You have to be consistent. There's no racing in Halifax yet. We shouldn't be using it. <laughs> this is the closest thing we're going to get for the next couple of weeks to get used to it. Uh, you're sitting back in third. Uh, Denver's got two points on you. Denver, you've been consistent here in the three races we've had. Yeah, I uh, I, I make my picks. You know, I like consistency. Uh, you know, it's it's a uh, slow and steady. It's a long season. Um, you know, we saw that Kevin Harvick won a lot of races early last year in the NASCAR Cup Series season and uh, did not win the championship. So uh, don't remind me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we now have between Tim and Dylan. They're both pissed off. So, but yeah, it's uh, a season long championship. So consistency is key. This 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 is this is going quickly. Where's Mark Kingston? Um, <laughs> let's uh, uh, Brittany and Meredith are also here. But let's talk. Let's talk our picks for the week now. The graphic that we're going to show you does not have Denver's pick because Denver was tardy today. Uh, Denver, who do you got to win the Miramichi Bomber race, which is our, our race of the week? So, okay, we can say that I'm tardy. I was busy selling tickets today. Oh, um, we'll yeah. That is that, is that what it yes. is? We, we're okay. selling lots of tickets. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I see what everyone else has picked. Um, and uh, that's interesting selections. I am going to go with the driver – you know, Tim, we talked, you say about, uh, you know, Mark Kingston won the last two points races. Uh, Timmy Blakely has won a race last year, and he is going to win another one, I believe, on Saturday. That is my pick. Car number 69, Timmy Blakely, is going to get me the points lead. Mr. Langell, who do you have for Saturday? I am going to pick the guy that helped me get on the track back in October, and that's Adam Blord in that uh, Daniel Suarez car and, and watching that race live on Tim's corner TV, he looked real fast, but he got in that little wreck in the heat races, which kind of set him up for a hard day. He got on the podium towards the end, but uh, you watch that number 11 is a number. Is he number 11? Either way, da the Daniel Suarez machine is going to be charged into the field. He's going to be at the front of the field. I'm telling you. I'm playing point-wise now because I need to keep the point lead, unlike Dylan, who's going big and going home and falling to third in points every week. Uh, I've got Mark Kingston. Uh, it's hard It's hard to beat a guy that's won the last two point races, uh, even though with that the, the system where you have to do the points and come from the back and whatever else, still far and beyond the best car of the last two races. Uh, Brittany and Meredith aren't here on the call to defend themselves, but they did pick Jonathan Dixon. Brittany had said, we love a good comeback. 
So that's uh, where those two are. You can make your pick at timscorner.ca slash fantasy picks. So you can go there. There's a Google form. You can fill that out. Uh, every correct pick that you make this season will go into a draw at the end of the year. Uh, and we're going to make a draw for something. Uh, I got to talk to Keith McIntosh sometime this week. Can uh, I win? Throw some wing- well, you can. Can I win something from St. Louis? You could. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get you a pound of wings or something. You're not allowed. Are you allowed yeah. to go there after this week? I don't know. I, I, I You know, we, we, the Hab fans are whiny and crying after the loss. And I, I guess he was uh, crying in his wings and now he doesn't want this Leafs fan showing up. I don't know. Where are the Leafs? Oh, they're uh, they're soaking up the sun. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the that's... Habs are gambling like degenerates, and that's why they lost. I love Las Vegas. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they put the loss in Las Vegas. There, there you go. Excellent. Uh, once again, TimScorner.ca/slash fantasy picks. Go over there and make your picks. The uh, majority will become the fan pick, and that'll gain the points. But if you pick the right driver, you'll go into the year-end draw, and we'll uh, we'll make a prize. And if the fans win, we'll make it bigger. How about that? Uh, but speaking of the Miramichi Bomber Division, our next guest here on the show is driver of the number ninety-seven car. The last two races, point-wise, he has gone to victory lane. It's Mark Kingston. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking some time out tonight. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. So I guess we'll start with that target. Is there any pressure, any target on your back after those two wins? Well, Adam Plord put a little challenge out to me today. Said there's a target on my back. Uh, I got a new mirror so I could see him coming today. So uh, anyway. (laughs) So this bomber division started out last year, obviously with COVID and everything else. It's kind of the story that we've seen the last couple of years, but I guess we'll start at the, at the front. How did you get your start in racing? Well, I, when I was in high school, we always get into the demo cars and I did that for a few years. And then I was kind of away for the track for a few years. And uh, then last year, Jacob Smith's car was just sitting cause he was away working and he said, go try it. And I jumped in it and I ran one practice and I said, yeah, I need one of these. This is fun. And I had a lot of good friends that were in the division. So then I found one and rigged one up and worked on it ever since. Obviously it's, it's still, it's kind of infancy, but it's growing to to 15, 20, 25 cars and and everybody is so competitive. Obviously the scoreline, the last two races has seen the 97 there. But there's been a good dozen cars that could have won going in. What makes that division so fun uh, with with all the cars and all the competition that that's that's going on? What what's what drives it for you to uh, to be there every week? Oh, it's great! Uh, like last year, we had I think five different winners of features. Uh, everyone's just kind of I think everyone's starting to figure it out now. But last year, everyone was kind of all over the map. But it, at the end of the at the end of the year last year, it was getting pretty clean, and uh, it's good racing. It's good fun. We are live and interactive here this evening with Mark Kingston. Be sure to drop us a question or a comment. I, uh, Dylan, I see that uh, your pick is already over there in the in the chat. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Adam Plord is watching. And, uh, Mark, great to chat with you here tonight. He wrote, I'm coming for you, buddy. So he got a little a little tangly last race getting in in a wreck in the heat race so he kind of came from behind and how big of a threat is adam going to be coming up on saturday uh he'll be good he's he's always there actually his wreck helped me because i i drew 25 in the 
for a card last race and started last in that heat and Adam had the wreck and I got around them and that kind of opened the door for me. I go on that heat and then started first or started second, I guess, in the feature. So no, Adam, he'll be there. I'll, I won't be looking behind. I'll probably be chasing him. Let's go back to that heat race. What did you see? That was like the first lap or second lap going into turn one. You see everyone stacking up. How did you avoid that? Yeah, I just happened to be on the outside, and uh, I I cut her to the wall, and it worked out. And everybody, I just I think I ended up third. Jonathan was right in front of me, and I got a good restart, and eventually got a lap traffic, and then ended up winning that heat. But yeah, I was lucky. I could have been all tore up there too. Adam did good to get back for the feature because his car was in bad shape. Well, folks, uh, Mark is here with us for a little bit. And we're talking Bomber Division, somewhat newish to the Maritimes. We got it up in Sydney, and now we got Mayor Machine, Tim. Yeah, and there's a, a little bit in Shediac as well. For, for those that might be watching on the Maritime Pro Stock Tour Facebook page, Mark, that are, are used to seeing a, a template-style super late model, uh, for those that might not have seen the Bomber Division in Mayor Machine last year, what what's the cars, What what's the the a composition of the division and how easy is it to, to get into one of these cars? Uh, last year it was, there was kind of a list of cars we could run. And then in the off season, we had a rules meeting and we basically made it now that we put a horsepower cap, 250 horsepower and any front wheel drive, six cylinder four uh, four door car under 250 horsepower pretty well. And we're allowing Monte Carlos and what, yeah, it's so there's, there's a lot of options out there. It kind of reminds me of the start of the Scotia Speed World Truck Division back about 10 years ago, where everybody's excited to get going. The car count comes up, and it seems like you guys in the pits, the camaraderie in the pits is, is pretty good too. I, I, I know you guys uh, tend to nine times out of 10 get along, right? Yeah, I know everybody tries to help out everybody. Uh, we're all running low budget teams, and we try to help out everybody that. It, it's great. We had, I think, 17 cars last race. I think if I count right, it should be about 19 next ones. So, I mean, we just, we're trying to get the car count up and it seems to be working. So it's a brand new season. Obviously with COVID, the other tracks in New Brunswick have either had uh, a race lost or moved. You guys are still on schedule. You've had that one month break. So uh, how much are you itching to get back to the racetrack on Saturday? Oh, I can't wait. I wish we could run every weekend, but <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it should be good. I see Petty's running Saturday, so might not see the street stock numbers up here, which I wish we would. But uh, no, it should be good. We got the open wheels and, and the demo, of course. It should be wild and crazy. Now, longevity-wise, thinking big picture, are you going for that championship this year, seeing that you have the, uh, the first place in points already? Well, I... You, Crazy not to now, I guess. Uh, it's a pretty good start, but yeah, no, that was kind of my goal. I finished last year good, and I said, if I keep her all in one piece, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to challenge for it anyway. And, but uh, it's gonna. It, there's a lot of good cars, so got to finish all the races. Now, you kind of hinted at the demo start to your career, figure eight trailer race coming up this weekend. Uh, what What are your thoughts on, on that going in? And uh, are you looking forward to watching it? And if you had the opportunity, would you be in it? Uh, opportunity to be in it? If uh, No, I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm done that one now. Uh, but yeah, it should be uh, entertaining. I really enjoy watching them. But no, uh, 
last couple times I was out with the demo cars, I just didn't uh, have the cojones I used to have. <laughs> we are live and interactive. Be sure to drop a, a question or a comment. Denver, I, I know you're chomping at the bit. What do you got for Mark? Okay, well, first of all, Mark, I apologize in advance. Tim picked you uh, to win, so that means that's an automatic black flag on Saturday. Tim forgot that I'm... I control the flags, um, so <laughs> I need to get ahead. We, we got to play some games here, so uh, I'm going to come out with the point. So, well, hold on. So you're black flagging everybody but Timmy, right? Is that Correct. what you're going on? Okay, 10-4. Yep. Yes, so it's on the record now, but uh, anyways <laughs> – let's flash back to may a little bit first of all we talked about that heat race but i don't i think it's kind of overlooked your pass for the lead in that heat race you know you, there was a lap car involved but you were like almost in the wall in turns one and two uh no one usually goes up to that outside line in any type of car but you were high wide and handsome to get the lead uh what was it like yeah uh, uh kevin cowan was in front of me he was really loose the whole race and uh i was having brake problems that whole day so i couldn't really run it that hard and jonathan was on my outside so i was just in my head was thinking he's either going to spin out or something so i i seen a lap car coming i said okay i looked jonathan was gone i said this is my only shot and i just went and i knew he was going to get boxed in and i cut the wheel and she held and I think it was, I think it was the second last lap or whatever. And uh, yeah, no, but I got pretty high there. <laughs> that was one of the, I would say, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was going back rewatching the replays and it's like, Oh my God, that was uh, one of the wildest moves, but uh, you made it work and it, and it really catapulted you to the feature win that day. But uh, you know, two feature wins, the first driver to, uh, to win two races in the bomber class. How's that piece of history feel? Uh, it feels great. Uh First time at the track last year, the car wasn't very good. Uh, learned a lot about setup, which I didn't really have a clue about until we started playing around and did a lot of reading this winter and tried some things and so far so good. But yeah, no, it's, uh, the car was working good last race. I got a little more breaks, so hopefully that helps me Saturday. So there's lots of talk about that last race, but your first win that came last year in the fall shootout on a big stage, that's the biggest day of the year. It's B-Way Miramichi. There's people from all over the Maritimes for the very best fall shootout. And uh, you put on quite a show. You had some challenges from Timmy Blakely and Jonathan Dixon and Casey Munn, but uh, you secured the win. Uh, what do you remember from that big first win? Uh, I just remember I drew first, I think, and I was really nervous because I never started on the pole in my life, and except for like a backup race or something. But uh, yeah, I was nervous and I just held the bottom the whole race and I just said, well, they can't go by me on the inside, so that's all I'm going to do, just hold the bottom. And I uh, ended up winning that heat and then I think I started second in the feature, I think that's how it went. And uh, yeah, I jumped out, got the lead and Timmy raced me side by side for, I think, 12, 13 laps or something and I think he started overheating and then uh, there was a couple of cautions, but I was able to hold on, but uh yeah, I was, that was my first feature win, so it was pretty cool. Really cool. So looking to this Saturday, as Tim alluded, so what, being the most recent feature winner, that means you have to start at the back for this race on Saturday. It has been done before. Timmy Blakely started at the uh, back for the last call race last October and found his way to victory lane. What's it going to take for you to uh, come from shotgun on the field? Stay out of trouble, I would say. Uh, try to... Gonna have to try to make some passes on the outside. I think that's, uh, yeah, if you can pass on the outside, I think that's what Timmy had figured out that race. 
was uh, passing on the outside and stayed out of trouble. Looking ahead, we talked points, but there's a pair of big races on the schedule. And the first one is coming up, uh, the race after the Day of Eights on, on July 10th. Firecracker 50, you know, that's the, the name of an old sportsman race. It's kind of being uh, reinvented as a bomber race at Speedway Miramichi. Uh, what do you think when you hear Firecracker 50 for the bomber division? I think that's 15 more laps. I got to save my tires, really. But uh, no, uh, the car is set up all right now. I think we just have to be patient and uh, put some good rubber on the front of it and stay out of trouble and try to get out to a lead. If you can get out to a lead, that's the key. But if you got to come up through her, that's when you burn your tires up. So, uh, you know, after the year's all done, as if 50 laps wasn't enough, we're going to throw a 100-lap endurance race at you for uh, the last call in October this year. Uh, no points, no nothing. It's just one last race to go have some fun and, and try to survive for 100 laps. Uh, what's it going to take that day other than, than saving your tires for uh, a long race like that? Uh, a hope and a prayer, I would say. Uh, <laughs> no, I, same thing. We're just going to have to be patient, but... Uh, it should be fun. That's going to be an interesting race. Well, uh, but on, we're not going to run any yellow flags or anything. I don't think so. If we got to change tires, we'll have to go in and come out. It, sh it should be fun. We might give you the halfway breakout. We're still yeah, working on the details yeah, for that. But, uh, what, the, the, the sportsman guys come on here and complain that they can do live pit stops on a 200 lap race. So you, you might have to throw a wrinkle in there somewhere with these guys competition caution like the the snowball derby where they don't lose positions or something like that maybe that sounds too complicated for speedway miramichi we like to keep things simple <laughs> i guess you're right we, we like it simple you know maybe we'll see maybe we'll just let you go for 100 laps and whoever can save the tires the longest we'll give the trophy to we'll uh we'll do pit stops right in the, the middle that would That's be fun great. too here we go Halfway, so, uh, halfway break, bring them all out on the front straightaway, bring the crews out like we do on the pro stock tour, or put them in the infield and give them 10 minutes. It's exactly what you got to do. That, that's the halfway break, I guess. Would 10 minutes be enough for uh, some of the pit crew members, Mark? They're not really, I wouldn't say most of them are experienced in making fast pit stops. Well, when you talk about pit crew members, that's me, so I'd have to get out and change my tires. <laughs> so yeah, I get 10 minutes, I could do that. <laughs> So how are you going to get the tires on the track? You have to keep them in the car and then, uh, you know, that's going to weigh you down. Well, and then we, this is, we never worked out the logistics yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we make that a trailer race. You haul your four tires around till halfway and then change your tires and drop the trailer off. Yeah. That, yeah. That could work. <laughs> Back to seriousness. You know, we, uh, you know, bomber class is in Miramichi. Shediac's got a couple races scheduled, but uh, is there any other tracks you would like to personally try with your bomber car or are you, you comfortable just sticking with Steve Wave Uh I, I'd like to try it. If we could get uh, the guys to go, like if Petty could do something, I'd go, I'd try Shediac. I, I, I just wouldn't want to go alone. As long as a few guys would go and we kind of were on the same page with uh, the rules and stuff. Yeah. No, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd go, but the wife would probably kill me, but I'd go. <laughs> It's only a raking. That's what everyone's always oh, told yeah. me. Shake it over. <laughs> Dylan, how's social media looking? I'm sure we must have some comments rolling in for uh, driver of car 97. Well, Jordan Vino is commenting on that whole pit stop uh, pit stop deal. He hey, wrote... By the to... way, no, go ahead with the comment. Well, he wrote, we are not allowed to change tires in that 10-minute stop. They're not allowed to change air pressures on the front straightaway, are they? So they're not allowed to do anything at Scotia. 
<laughs> I know, I know, I know I'm going to get kicked for that, but go, go ahead. Uh, not a ton of questions right now. Adam Plort again is watching. I, I bet more of the bomber guides are going to be watching and, and Mark, you know, for the times that I was up there, that was such a fun class to watch. And even on, on the video when you were battling for the win and just how intense even the heat races were getting too. Do you, do you put a lot of effort in the heat races or is it just 100% the entire way, maybe 110 in the feature? Uh, you kind of got to pick your spots. If you got a chance to win, you got to try to win the heat because that's uh, if you can get out front in the feature, that's the answer. But uh yeah, you don't. You're not going to junk your car in the heat, but yeah, I, I I try to win every time I go out there. Gotta ask as well: Are you a Kurt Busch fan? I'm assuming you have to be if you're if you're picking like the 2003 Rubbermaid scheme. I am, yeah, and I think you're the only one that ever noticed that that was the paint scheme. So nice, congratulations on that because it doesn't <laughs> have the Rubbermaid on it, but it is the colors. Yeah, I was always a Kurt Busch fan, and yeah, that's where that came from. So it, 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 for next year, maybe la it, later this year, heaven forbid, if something happened to the car, what would the next Kurt Busch paint scheme be? Oh, I don't know. He had some little tykes ones and stuff back. I'd have to go through the archives there, but I always liked the Rubbermaid one. He won the championship with that. He should do <laughs> He should do Kurt's version of the Ricky Bobby at Talladega me car. <laughs> put, the, put the cougar on the front of the car. <laughs> we'll see hopefully i don't have to paint it again anytime soon it's all we got for now tim now now looking forward and, and you kind of mentioned that the, the wife might kill you but let's let's look forward here uh do you see yourself moving up a division maybe five ten years down the road uh you know getting your feet underneath you with this racing thing yeah i i would love to i'd i'd love to run street stock to tell you the truth that would be my goal but uh i don't know we'll see what happens here and next couple of years see what what happens and uh but i'd love to get into a street stock i guess the next question where do you see this bomber division going obviously it's been a it, we've had a two-year kind of sample size of, of what it's what it's grown into where do you see this bomber division going in the next two four six years on down the road well, I think it started with six or seven last year, and last race we had 17. I think there's about 20 cars out there if everybody comes, so uh, it's in good shape, I would say. Uh, I don't see why we wouldn't have 22 or 23 cars by the end of the year this year, the way it's going. It's great. For those fans that are watching here on Tim's Corner Live and, and you know, maybe maybe are still locked in Nova Scotia or PEI with the border restrictions and want to watch some racing on Saturday, why should they grab the, the pay-per-view and watch with us on Saturday? Or if they're in the province of New Brunswick, why should they be heading to Speedway Miramichi on the weekend? Well, weather's supposed to be nice. Uh, it's a four o'clock start, I believe. It's going to be a, we got... We got bomber, four cylinder, hopefully a few street stocks. We got the open wheel and then the tra trailer race, which we've never seen in the Maritimes before, I don't think. So it, uh, it should be a fun day. Real good day. Uh, by the way, Dylan, I believe you have one more comment over there. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Jessica Kingston wrote street stock. And there's an emoji with that. There's there's an emoji with that too. That's probably not the uh, a little bit surprised, maybe. So uh, maybe maybe we started something here. Well, Tim, she, I, must, she must be excited about it. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Tim, you you may have started something else, sidetracking. Jordan's uh, he's quitting back on what we were talking about earlier. He wrote, "Can't check the tire pressure." in a sportsman car and the bomber cars are going to change tires. Still don't understand that rule. God love the rule package. Gotta love the rule pack. So, so let's just impound the bombers in that hundred lap race coming up at the, uh, at the end of the year. I'll, I'll tell you the story. It stems from, and Jordan can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like the 18 or 19 sportsman might even been the 150 when we had the, the extended distance race. Uh, the boys were told in the driver's meeting, you're not allowed to do tire pressures on the front straightaway. You have to come out, park your car for driver introductions, you know, do the pomp and circumstance, whatever. And uh, they, along with, I think it was Blaine Corn. I think I think he was driving Craig McFetridge's car at the time, changed air pressures, hey, went to the back of the field. Um, so that that was that was where that little comment stemmed from. But it's it's one of those things you can kind of sit back and and look at and reminisce about. But uh, uh, maybe maybe Denver, it's an impound race now. Listen, uh, we're open to pretty well anything, but, uh, you know, I think given, you know, everyone knows Miramichi is, uh, what is it, a cheese grater, hockey rink, whatever, uh, it's going to abuse the tire, so I don't know if they'll get through 100 laps uh, without making a tire change, but we'll see. I mean, I think, Mark, I don't know if you've done the Enduros back when the, uh, it was Miramichi City Speedway and the Tozer family owned it, but you guys did a halfway break and changed tires in those, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, there was a halfway break. I only got only ever did one enduro, and I didn't last very long. But yeah, yeah, we'll make it work. They'll we'll figure it out. Listen, we got there's a lot of time between now and then. Uh, before we start worrying too much about uh, what we're gonna put for a tire rule come uh, October, I think uh, we got a figure eight trailer race to put on one hell of a show with first. <laughs> Yeah, looking forward. It's going to be a big night coming up on a Saturday. So if you are uh, in the province in New Brunswick, you're going to want to head to Speedway Miramichi. If you can't make it, maybe you are at Petty International Race with the Pro Stock Race. Uh, you can head over to timscorner.tv and either watch it live on your phone as you're at Petty Raceway, or you can uh, watch it on demand as well afterwards. Mark, I know you don't do it alone. You, you did mention that you you are your own crew. Is there anybody else that helps out from, from time to time on that race car? Any sponsors and anybody you want to thank for helping you get to the racetrack each week? Yeah, uh, our fellow racer, Jacob Smith, we kind of help each other. Well, he helps me more than I help him, I guess. But uh, he helps me. Uh, yeah, I got some sponsors. Vi Construction uh, lets me use uh, the trailer and their garage, and, and I couldn't do it without him. Uh, Joey McMillan at McMillan Auto Service. He does all my mechanical work on the hoist and that. Uh, Post-tech screw piles and Miramichi help out and uh, Newcastle ready mix. This has been fun catching up with you. We wish you all the best on Saturday. Go get them and, and bring home a win because I need points for our fantasy league. Not a problem. We'll do it. That's Mark Kingston driver of the number 97 when it comes to the Miramichi bomber division. And uh, you'll be able to watch out for him coming up on Saturday at Speedway Miramichi. You can listen to this show back. If you missed it the first time, you can listen back on several podcast platforms or all on your Stream Plus Apple podcast. So uh, that'll be up probably later on tonight, if not tomorrow. Uh, so go check that out if you did miss it or tell your friends. They can look at the archive here on Facebook. Gentlemen, there's another show. Uh, two hours have flown by really quickly. Uh, thanks to Kent Vincent, uh, Mark Kingston, and Zine Dutcher for being a part of this one. But uh, Denver, you're ready for uh, a big, 
day at the racetrack. Uh, phase two is now in in New Brunswick. So you guys are ready to go. How excited are you on that scale from one to 10? Uh, 11, maybe 12. I don't know. Maybe we're breaking the scale here, but uh, this is going to be a big event and there's a lot of hype for this one. So, uh, you know, what more can you ask for? Speedway Miramichi is such a unique experience, grassroots stocker racing. And that's really the big thing. We don't have the late models. It's all grassroots racing combined with the wild and crazy demolition events and the first ever figure eight trailer race. Uh, I can't wait to see what Saturday brings. I know it's going to be exciting. And I know we're going to talk about this one for a long time to come. Dylan will be watching it again from home. So if you're in the province of Nova Scotia, or you're, you're up in uh, Prince Edward Island and maybe can't get across or uh, anywhere you are, uh, we're a part of the Speed Sport TV family. So head over to timscorner.tv and be a part of the action. But uh, what are you most excited for on Saturday? Well, there's a couple things, Tim. Well, number one, a part owner of Nashville Super Speedway. We've got our we, got, uh, we we got through an hour and fifty six minutes of this show without mentioning Nashville Super Speedway, but continue. <laughs> We've got our opening weekend coming up, the Ally Four Hundred and the trucks and the Xfinity. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, you know, Super Star Racing Experience, which was a blast to watch from Stafford. I know Paul was there uh, with Vidane TV. Uh, he was watching in the stand fans were messaging so they're going to be at uh one of the dirt tracks this weekend can't remember which one but anyways but i'm going to be watching mainly this mirror machine race which i wish i could be racing in maybe not the maybe not the, the demolition figure eight race but you know i'm going to be loving to watch it though looking forward to it good luck if anyone's competing and uh if you're in new brunswick my goodness please take advantage of this uh you know of course there will be some covid restrictions but uh Hey, hit Denver up, hit Miramichi up, go there Saturday, support that track. And if you can't make it there, even Petty, they're racing on Saturday too. Yeah, absolutely. You can check out the entry list for the uh, the R. Stevens Mechanical and S. Hall Tire Muffler and Auto Repair Center 100. Big name, big race. Uh, coming up on Saturday at Petty International Raceway. Uh, 14 cars on that entry list. And as we alluded to a little bit earlier on, drivers from the province of New Brunswick with all the, the restrictions still in play. Uh, hopefully by the, the next weekend and the weekend after, we can start to see uh, some more of those drivers from, from Nova Scotia and the island uh, make their way over for those big pro stock and sportsmen and, and mini stock races. I know the next week, the first the first show everybody's been telling me, uh, June 23rd is at Atlantic Bubble. The first show afterwards is Speedway 660 uh, for the Atlantic Modified Tour and a couple of support classes as well. And I know Shediac is supposed to be running that weekend as well. Uh, so keep eyes on schedules because... Who knows? We've, we've lost, I think, three Maritime Pro Stock Tour races so far this year, and they're going to have to be rescheduled at some point. Going to be busy when we do hit the summer stretch. So uh, keep tabs at timscorner.ca. Head over, check out the entry list for uh, for Petty Raceway deal on uh, Saturday, the Atlantic Modified Tour for the Sutherland's Excavating 35, uh, and Speedway Miramichi. Denver, you posted the uh, expected demo list, didn't you, earlier today on social? Tim, I did, and it is still growing. I literally just took a moment to look and we have hit 40 confirmed entries. And to give some perspective, there is always about a dozen drivers who don't pre-register. I am expecting to exceed 50 cars. And if we hit 60, it's going to pay $3,000 to win. That's what I was about to mention. It goes up $2,000 every 20 cars. So uh, what was the record last year? 71? 67 cars. 67 cars. So if you have a demo car and you're in the province, get out there. If you have a demo car in the province of Nova Scotia, because I know the, the Kevin Grants and the Bob McDonald's and, and, and those guys aren't, 
uh, able to do a lot of demos down here because a lot of the exhibitions were canceled. Get the cars ready, head them up there. I know Terry Nelson watches this show, so he's got no excuse now uh, to get something together. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here this evening on Tim's Corner Live. Thank you to all our guests, and we want to thank all of our partners that helped put this on. Uh, we do have some of the uh, KCP 10th anniversary Tim's Corner Motorsports decals available at Miramichi on Saturday. Uh, and guess what? We may have some shirts coming up uh, from LJ Designs as well. Still working on the final couple of, of endgame on that one. But if not, they will be available uh, once that bubble opens. It's Speedway 660 uh, coming up next week. Uh, St. Louis Bar and Grill, EIT Race Radios. I know they were big for you guys this week too, Denver. Absolutely. We just had eight brand new radios courtesy of EIT Race Radios show up at Speedway Miramichi. I'm in Fredericton, so I didn't get a chance to see them yet. But uh, I know I got to test out something that uh, Brent and the crew uh, set up for the Atlantic Modified Tour last year. So I'm really excited for this. This is going to be a huge help for all of the staff. So, uh, you know, EIT Race Radios, if you need radio scanners, headsets, anything for your race communications, they're the ones that hit up local proud supporters of Maritime Stock Car Racing. I called Barry yesterday and he was a kid in a candy store because he got new toys. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's learned from, from playing with the radios as well. Uh, and a big thank you to Greg Dow and PPM incorporated in Sydney speedway. I know they're, uh, they're hooking us up as well uh, in the next couple of weeks to, to try to get some of the, uh, the extra broadcast kind of tools and, and toys that we kind of need to, to, uh, to do this to crew shoot that we're doing because all our Nova Scotia stuff is still sitting down here. Denver, you've been instrumental in doing what we've done the first couple of weeks up at Miramichi 660 and Petty. So uh, me and Greg have been kind of talking in the, in the background and you'll, uh, you'll be able to see and, and hear some of that stuff coming up as well. So big thanks to PPM incorporated and Sydney speedway on that one as well. You can see all the partners on our screen. Thank you for being a part of this deal. And we're looking forward uh, to Saturday at speedway Miramichi and the rest of this season as the Atlantic bubble opens, gentlemen, thank you for this. We'll, uh, reconvene next Wednesday and we'll chat about Petty and we'll chat about uh, the Speedway Miramichi show and preview what is to come at Speedway 660. And the bubble. Uh, and, and the bubble. And, and maybe maybe Chris Hughes will bring us some wine. Kent will send us some beer. We're, we're going to have, when this bubble opens, we're going to have one hell of a party, boys. I'll tell you that much. Prep uh, your livers. For, for everybody here on the uh, Tim's Corner crew, including Paul Strickland Jr., our producer, my name is Tim Terry. We will see you next Wednesday when we say let's go racing until then. Keep the hammer down and we'll see you at the track. <laughs>